One of my favorite <clears throat> missions hymns is a couple after what we just sang, hymn number 379, Send thou, O Lord, to every place, swift messengers before thy face, the heralds of thy wondrous grace, where thou thyself wilt come. And that last phrase really comes from Luke 10, where Jesus sent out the 70, says in Luke 10, 1, Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two and two ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so it was that, oh my, uh, 30, 40 years ago, I visited the Philippines in the summer of 1983 and was invited by a British missionary, Brian Ellis, saw the situation, concluded that the Lord was calling me to the Philippines. But one thing I was also convinced of that was that going alone was not a good deal. Uh, the Lord had a purpose in sending people two by two. So when I came home from the Philippines in August of 1983, I had a mission and God blessed that mission. And so November of 1983, uh, I was married to Carol and on our honeymoon, our first Lord's Day of our married life together was at Albany Baptist Church. How many of you remember that? Uh, yeah, a couple were here, 1983, November, it would have been the 27th. We were our first Lord's Day in the old building on Delaware Avenue, um, Albany Baptist Church. Anyway, so then we were sent to, to the Philippines where the Lord himself had already come and was working, and so work was done there. Now, in 19, or excuse me, 19, I'm showing my age, and 2018, came back to the U.S. to care for my mother-in-law, Mrs. Dixon, one of the founding members of Trinity Baptist Church, and she's now with the Lord. And it also seemed to us, coming back from the Philippines to the U.S., that the U.S. is something more of a mission field now than the Philippines, but one of the I don't know if you call it stipulations, one of our, not that we required it, but there was something that was promised to us was that we would be able to go back to visit the Philippines at least twice a year. And uh, that was interrupted by COVID. But uh, what I'm going to report to you now is my two most recent visits to the Philippines because this work is still going on there. We still have contact with them. We still have fellowship with them. Uh, regular communication with uh, email, Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger. I'm in regular communication. In fact, teaching modular courses via Zoom to brethren in the Philippines. So this is the the earlier re, uh, visit was February 2023. So I went to the Philippines and to Australia, as it says there. So just a bit of an update of things there. Now I went to Manila, uh, traveled February two to four. It took a couple of days to get there. Uh, flew to Tokyo, that went okay. Uh, from Tokyo to Manila, uh, after about one hour, the pilot came on and said, we have a fuel system problem, we have to go back to Tokyo. So, well, that uh, was not exactly what we planned. And then, because we weren't uh, 
boosted and everything. We had to sleep in the airport. They wouldn't let us into Japan. We slept in the airport on hard chairs, but you know, we're still getting to the Philippines. We're gonna get there. So we arrived safely in Manila Saturday night and we were thankful that we got there safely and didn't end up in the Pacific with a fuel problem. Um, and so our first Lord's Day, this was February 5, we were there in, uh, I, I ministered at the Sovereign Grace Christian Church. This was a church that was planted by Moonwalk in about 1998. And so they were able to purchase a lot, build their own building uh, earlier on, I guess it was a, probably about 2016 or so. And this place was pretty well packed. I mean, I've, I've seen it even more packed, but uh, the picture up, up in the right corner is before the service, all their men would gather in this room, all the men, and pray together for the worship service. They started this when the church was little and it was about five men. And they just keep, kept this practice up as the number of men grew. And so, uh, of course, not all led in prayer. You notice masks at that time, February, they were still very, very health conscious, very masking oriented. And we had dropped that, of course, here, but all right, when in Rome, you do as the Romans. Uh, then that first week, I preached at the Kubao Reformed Baptist Church Pastors Conference, which had been going on for, oh, 30, well, 30 years probably or so. Uh, what does it say there? I don't know if there's a number up there, maybe 30 plus years. Anyway, there were a good number there. This was the first in-person conference after COVID. And so uh, it was good to see all the men, the, the speakers, uh, well, plus the elders of the church there, Pastor Joseph Mangahas, one of the elders, Mon Makapagal, who has been an elder there for a long time. Yeah, there he is. And then Soka Heng from the Shalom Church in Singapore was one of the speakers, Brother Kaheng, as we, we would call him there. And I'd been to that church in Singapore a number of times, so this man was very familiar to me. Then uh, Brian Ellis, who is retired, he's kind of Pastor Emeritus, or Emeritus, I don't know how you pronounce that word. And uh, John Rawlison from the UK, uh, this is Noel Espinosa, a regular teacher and preacher there, and then myself and one of the other elders, the other elder, Ishmael Montejo. So it's good to see these brethren again. These are men I've known for a long time, uh, except for uh, Pastor Rawlinson, for my first time to meet him. Uh, after every session, there would be an open forum or a question and answer session. The men could ask you anything, you know, kind of, uh, especially hopefully related to your topic. Uh, then at the end, there was an open forum with all of the men, all the speakers up front, and any question was fair game. Fellowship together, we had lunch together at the conference. That was a, a good time. And these are all the volunteers from Kubal Reformed Baptist Church who helped facilitate this conference. They all pitched in. Uh, they're volunteers cooking the food, uh, guiding people, doing the registration and so on. Uh, it was encouraging to see all of the people freely giving of their time to make this conference a success. And Pastor Ellis and his wife, Atinesi, she's, uh, he's in his late 80s. She's already in her 90s. Their health is somewhat failing, but they're carrying on there at the Kubal Reformed Baptist Church. Uh, then I preached on the next Lord's Day, three, all three services at that church. You can see their auditorium is, uh, it has been expanded, a good group there. 
then I taught a modular course at Moonwalk on preaching using Pastor Martin's material. And there are actually three semesters worth of material that deal with the uh, with preaching and then the act of preaching. So out of all of his course, this gets the weight. And that's what men, to be honest, really need. That bad preaching is a plague on the church. And there was one book on preaching written by an Australian pastor actually called Saving Eutychus. Who knows who Eutychus was? Ring a bell? He's the guy who fell asleep and fell out the window while Paul, of all people, was preaching. Now, if, if he fell asleep during the preaching of Paul, how much more are we in danger of having people fall asleep during our preaching? And so we want to save Eutychus from falling out the window. And so we want to have good preaching. And uh, preaching that hopefully keeps people awake, even in the midst of busy schedules and perhaps insomnia. We want people to stay awake. So that's why we focus on preaching at these modules. Now, the third Lord's Day of this visit, I went down to Mindanao. Our church has had a church planting work there. I guess it's been about, oh boy, it's more than five years since he graduated before we left the Philippines. Uh, this man in, in the red shirt there uh, is, oh boy, what is it? his name just jumped out of my head. Carol? <laughs> jumped out of your head too. Uh, it'll come to me. Um, but he and his family there, uh, wife and two girls and a little boy. And, um, hmm, all right, it'll come to me. Anyway, this was their, they have this lot that was donated, or not donated, but uh, leased to them or get, you know, given to them to use and they put up this structure with a roof open sides more or less and they were of course unless it's raining sideways this works very well in the Philippines it doesn't freeze there it doesn't get cold you don't have to worry about heating the place so you have to worry about maybe cooling it but open air helps there and so a little you know a little group but a, a growing group and very encouraging and to see his outreaches we had a pastor's conference on the Monday with pastors who were from that province all over the area. He uh, had invited people, Mario Betancol, like the name came to me, Mario Betancol, and he, he invited people that he had contacts all over the province, and so these men came. Now, some of them came, well, this one man, I forget which one of the crowd there, said to me, well, if I had known how good this was gonna be, I would have brought more, more men from our group. And so he was kind of testing the waters. He said, when are you coming back? So that was very encouraging that it was just basic truth that uh, on, on the work of the church and so on that I taught there, very encouraging group of men and Mario has uh, influence there. Now then after that, I flew down to Australia. I was invited by Pastor Troy Kane, who's ministering today at Trinity, all three messages, all three ministries. Uh, his church in the Brisbane area of Australia had, I've been there several times and they invited me to teach a seminar over the weekend on marital unity. And so uh, they had a good group there. It's, a, it's not a large church. Just to point out, this couple right here on the front, there's the husband and the wife, had had some real marital strain and had actually been separated for a time. The man's not a believer, the woman is. And he came, was coming back to the church, wanted to patch things up, listened very eagerly. I just asked Pastor Kane how they're doing. They're continuing. Uh, he's not yet converted, but he's still attending. 
And so uh, Josh and Claire, uh, I've remembered them and, and I asked him about them when I saw Pastor Kane again. So uh, a very needful thing. There's Pastor Kane and his wife, Jenny. And then uh, they had in that church two brothers named, their last name was Perez, plus the parents. And we had just lost two Perez brothers from Trinity who moved down south. So I told these two Perez brothers, don't move down south. Let's stay in this church here. <laughs> but uh, we had good Filipino food as we visited with that family. Uh, and I only saw one group of kangaroos while I was there this time. And then we went home. Now I'm going to skip my, uh, oh, the time for family. Can't leave out Katie and Sammy. Um, I love, we love our grandchildren, as I'm sure those of you who are grandparents do as well. It was Katie's first birthday, and her hair now lies flat. It doesn't stick up straight anymore. <laughs> uh, just a little, you know, fun picture. Spot the difference here. Uh, which is the before, which is the after? Well, this is Andy and Becky. Now, these are Becky's kids, Sammy and Katie. And, of course, uh, the red beard is no longer red. We had time with friends. These are the Maramaras who had been here. I think they also visited Albany during their time. He was in the academy for a couple of years, and uh, they came over and we visited with them. Now, I'm going to skip these prayer requests and go to uh, my more recent trip. Let's see. Here it is. Nope. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's the wrong one. Okay, let me, let me find it. Here we are. Okay. So this last trip was just in August, end of July into August. And so, again, continuing ministry, continuing this work. Uh, church planning works are ongoing there. God is still working in the Philippines. Check my time. Okay. My first stopover was in Hong Kong. I know you all pray also for Thompson Chung and the church planting work in uh, um, Yuen Long there in the Hong Kong area. And so I was able to stop there to encourage the Chung's visit with them. I preached on the Lord's Day through an interpreter because I don't speak Cantonese. Uh, now, Pastor Chung in God's providence was more or less laid aside. He had a terrible head cold, was not able to preach, so it was God's providence that I was there, but he was also not able to interpret or translate for me. So they invited a brother down from uh, Shenzhen, which is just over the border into mainland China. He came down, he translated into Mandarin, which the Hong Kong people would also understand because it's instructed in the school. So he translated into Mandarin for me and did an excellent job. He was animated, he was lively as he interpreted from English into Mandarin. Uh, so I said to Pastor Chung, who is already in his 70s, so maybe this guy who's actually interested in the ministry, maybe you have a potential fellow elder here because there, there are men in the church, but no other men of the caliber to uh, perhaps be a replacement for Pastor Chung. So yeah, I was very encouraged with this brother, very warm-hearted, uh, very eager. We had took a picture of the congregation. They had some visitors, a very lively little boy. <laughs> it was hard to get him to sit still, but eventually he sat still. 
or maybe they moved him out of the picture and <laughs> got everybody else in there. But um, th these two families are young couples that are more recently attending, not yet members. You see the one couple has two sons already. The two ladies are sisters. I can sort of see the resemblance there. But God is working in Hong Kong. God's bringing in people. And so we need to continue to pray for Pastor Chung and this uh, work there in Hong Kong, that God would continue to add to them and especially bring in men who would be potential elders and deacons in the work to keep it going for the future. This couple came from Shenzhen also with the translator. There, was, there were several. Uh, it turned out that their pastor was on vacation or leave, a, a single elder, and so their church in Shenzhen watched our service via, I don't know, Zoom or whatever platform. So they joined us for worship, and so they heard it also in Mandarin through their own man who was translating. And some of them came along with him. Uh, these are the ones from Shenzhen. And this couple, the American guy is from Indiana or Ohio, and his wife was from Hong Kong. And so these, that's the little boy who was very active. <laughs> And these are the ladies of the church. Uh, people in Trinity know some of these ladies, especially Pastor Smith, but I just wanted to get a picture of the ladies in the church. Uh, unified, uh, serving Christ. It was very encouraging to see them. And this young lady is actually from Malaysia. Uh, was from a sister church in Malaysia, working in Hong Kong and found them and is worshiping with them. Anyway, lunch fellowship, uh, put up the tables. This is actually the Chung's living dining room and they make it into the church on Sunday morning. And we sang this hymn and thankfully it had an English translation. Had some little fruits. I don't remember the name of these things. Uh, and then uh, fish with lemon sauce. Anyway, and they gave me a gift of tea. And it's in these cans. And the tea is, you know, contained actually tea leaves in this little ball. Anyway, I, I haven't quite figured out uh, how to serve it yet. Now, landed in Manila. So from Hong Kong, went to Manila. And this is what greeted me in the airport. A sign with this, you are created with a purpose. Jeremiah 29.11. Is that in your version? Um, that's not quite the New American Standard or the New King James or anything of that nature. I think that's... Um, uh, I know the plans I have for you, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it's just to say the Philippines is a religious country, but it's a so it's you know quasi Christian Roman Catholic, but they have Bible verses scattered around the city, Metro Manila, but it's very far from being a Christian country. Uh, corrupt, uh, all all manner of wickedness. Uh, it's very easily seen, but that's where we were sent to work. And uh, this is my daughter, our daughter, Becky, with her husband, Jeremy, and Be uh, Katie and Sammy. Uh, very good time with the grandchildren. <laughs> Katie trying on my shoes. But one of the reasons I went to Manila at this time was I was invited to speak at a wedding. And this couple, Simon and Kyla, I've known since they were infants. And now I preached at their wedding. So it was a very encouraging time to see them 
loving each other, uh, committed to each other. And these two young people, one thing they had in common among the other things, they both have a servant's heart. Simon teaches the adult Bible class sometimes, leads the youth uh, outreach with the young people. Kyla is always doing something in the church. So uh, what, a, what a good match. And at the wedding, Pastor Rowley was there with his wife, Gels, and some other members of the church. I sat at the table with them. Then the next Lord's Day was a baptism. This young lady, Yel, Yel Yogawin, I've known it also since she was an infant and resisted the gospel, resisted, resisted, and now she's in her upper 20s, like 26 or 7, and surrendered to Christ. Finally gave up the fight. She had kicked against the goads too long. And dear young people, don't kick. <laughs> the gospel's good. It's good to be a Christian. It's the best thing to know the Lord and to walk in his ways. And this young lady uh, found that out for herself. Pastor Roley baptized her, and, uh, and there she is with her parents. Again, I've known them uh, since they were married, and the two girls, now Belle, Yell and Belle. Belle is still not a uh, professing Christian, so we pray for her. And there's Yell with the elders. So Pastor Clyde, Pastor Mike, Pastor Roley, and Pastor Alex are the four elders at Moonwalk. And so in a way, you can see why I say uh, the, the church there is doing fine. They have four elders carrying on church planning works all over the islands. New Jersey is a mission field. <laughs> There's a great need in our country. Some of the young people this, that I've known for a long time, they're very happy to see me. Reunions. Uh, this young man is now in Canada emigrated with his family, and he's been converted since they moved to Canada. He was back for the wedding of Simon and Kyla, his best buddy. So it was good to see him. These people are members of the church who had emigrated to Canada, were back, I don't know what for. They happened to be there at the same time. This young lady, now this is at uh, Becky's church, the Maramaris church, and this young lady is a member of Pastor Conrad Mbewe's church, working in Manila, I understand that she's also now just gone back for health reasons to uh, Zambia. Uh, we had a module there. We actually continued a module I was teaching on sermon preparation, the last segment of sermon preparation. And these men were there in person for this module. I had started teaching it on Zoom. We finished it. And then we had a, what we call a preaching clinic. So these men were assigned a passage it was an evangelistic textual sermon. So they were assigned a, a text or, or passage that they were to preach evangelistically. So they each did their assignment and it was good to see. This was in fact, of all my history of doing preaching clinics with men in the Philippines, this was the best group on the whole. There were no absolute, well, what bombs. I don't know what to call it, a terrible sermon. But, you know, of course, they, there was room for improvement. They're new to this. But it was a good group, great potential in these men. And so I was thankful for that. They're from all over the islands. They came for this module. And here's the group again that were there for the module. You can see Pastor Mike and Pastor Clyde in there. Uh, Pastor Clyde <coughs> never finished our training program 
while we were still in the Philippines, Pastor Mike did. And one thing he said to me before I left this, this last visit, he said, so when are you gonna come back and finish training me? Uh, so, well, we'll have to do some on Zoom and some with these visits, but he feels the burden of a need to be more equipped for the work of the ministry. So that's why we still go back to do this continuing work, why we have uh, online classes as well. All right, then I went, the, my last Lord's Day, I went to the Bagumbong, uh, what do they call it, Bagumbong Community Fellowship. Anyway, this is another one of our church plants that just was uh, organized as a church, covenanted together earlier this year. And this group has, you know, it started out, there were like 40 people attending, then it waned down to maybe a, a dozen. I thought it was gonna die because it was just, we interviewed potential members, there were only seven that had a credible profession of faith. Pastor Alex and I did the interviews. This is going back maybe seven years ago. And then out of the blue, a couple of young couples came, they found the work. I had been listening to online sermons. I think of Paul Washer connect, uh, connected with the Heart Cry Mission. They said, oh, talk to Moonwall Community Bible Church. They contacted Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike said, oh, we have an outreach just in your area. They were from that place. And so they came and uh, brought in other people. And so it's kind of revived the whole thing. And Pastor George uh, with his wife, Lucy, here, known them. He was a, one of our students going on and now that's a church in the north side of metro manila we live on the south side of metro manila so it's about an hour plus away anyway this is uh this is a group of some of their members there pastor clyde went with me actually drove me that day over there and then last thing i did was i made a chicken coop for becky now they want to raise chickens and there's the little chick uh, <laughs> it wasn't finished, but anyway, that's something ongoing. So just some prayer requests as I finish up and maybe, let's see, 1030, what, when do we stop? Hmm? Quarter up. So we have 15 more minutes. Good. So any questions you have before we come to these prayer requests and then maybe we could have a couple men lead in prayer. Yes, Pastor Mark. is pastor of the Sovereign Grace Church, which is in Manila, it's, or Metro Manila itself, not as far north as that Bagumbong Church that I pointed out. Uh, they're on the kind of northern rim of Metro Manila, and they meet in the auditorium of the Asian Theological Seminary. They have some contact there. So they rent this building. So they have to set up, the, the chairs are there, but they have to bring in their equipment and so on uh, every Lord's Day. But they meet there morning and evening, have Sunday school, morning service, evening service. But because it's just an auditorium, there's no facility really to have a children's Sunday school. So uh, Pastor Marimara's health, he had battled prostate cancer it's I guess basically in remission he uh, took a more uh, conservative approach but he's he's carrying on and uh, he that was oh my years ago so he seems to be doing well now they also need a younger man or younger men to help him 
our son-in-law is one who is a potential future leader of that church. Uh, Jeremy and Becky go to that, that church. And so um, that's how he's doing, and he's carrying on. And the church is prospering, I would say. They have a number of young couples, young families, including Becky's, in the church. And Pastor Maramara is one of my, our closest friends over there, so we get together uh, every time we go over. All right, any others? Yes. It's pretty easy now. There was a time when the border was closed because of COVID and China's restrictions and so on. But now they've opened up again so that it's only about an hour by bus. It depends on how long it takes getting through the border crossing because there is a, you have to go through, you know, immigration basically. So there is still a checkpoint with, you get off your bus, go through this line. Uh, when I last went to Shenzhen, which was pre-COVID, it was about 30 minutes anyway, on, probably on a good day, to get through that checkpoint. And then it's another however long to get to his house. So it's from that checkpoint to the Hong Kong church is about an hour by bus. And, if they're, and, and they've opened the border again, so it's not difficult. It's just a little time. Probably took it about as long for him to get from Shenzhen to Yunlong as it took me to get here from New Jersey this morning. Yes. Uh, providence, basically, is the answer, God's providence. What happened was, especially when we began our training program, which was early 2000s, like 2001 or two, men came to us from all over the islands, and ultimately, they were sent back to their home area. Now, the exceptions to this, the church that I said, 1998, uh, this man... George Gumopas, who's pastoring that church, had been pastoring a sort of a Chinese church outreach. He's not Chinese in his uh, ethnicity, he's Filipino, but somehow was connected with his Chinese church. When they got wind that he was coming into reform teaching, they kicked him out. So he, with a group of the people that he'd been leading and teaching, who loved him and loved, his t loved the truth, they said, let's start a new church. So he contacted us, asked for help. That's how that church came to being. And that's about 45 minutes south of us in a town called San Pedro. And uh, so we helped him there. That, again, Providence. The others were all students of ours. Now, one, the one who went to Bagumbong, Providence, he graduated. And his sister-in-law and brother-in-law were living up there, had a little business, and he just needed some income. So we went to work for that family business and started the church by just evangelizing in their area, and God blessed it. 
and his sister and brother-in-law, a sister-in-law and brother-in-law were also converted, and so that was the start of that work, Providence. So it was the men who came to us as students, their home area. Uh, so this man down in, in uh, Mindanao, in General Santos City, that's where he was from. So he came to us to study. And by the way, this brother Mario, he had only finished elementary school. He was from the mountains of that area of Mindanao. And Filipino uh, school system more or less guarantees that you can go uh, through high school with, quote, free, as long as you buy your uniforms, your textbooks, your, you know, whatever. And if you're from the mountains, there's no high school up in the mountains, so you have to come down to the city to go to high school. That means you need room and board. So poor people up in the mountains, guess what? You're not going to go to high school. So he never went to high school. He came to us with a basic elementary education from the rural Philippines, but a hunger for the Word of God. While he was studying with us, and by the way, I taught him Greek and Hebrew, or I taught him Hebrew, somebody else taught him Greek, with an English to Hebrew textbook, he was a good student. You know, his Hebrew is better than some. Um, he also took his GED to get a high school diploma while he was in, in Manila. So this brother, I mean, he wanted, he wanted to read, and he, he wanted to read English textbooks, you know, theological books. So he, he's a hard worker. So anyway, that's, we sent him back there with, and we're happy to commission him as one of our missionaries to this area of Mindanao where we didn't have any reform contacts. So that's how, how God did it. And how many do we have? Let's see, in Mindanao alone, Jensen, uh, Tagum, Valencia, Metro Davao and Digos, five church plants. Now of those, three are already constituted. No. Yeah, three are constituted and we're looking to the other two to be constituted. Valencia and uh, General Santos is not yet constituted as a church. Moonwalk supports them initially. And the arrangement is that we would support them for a time with a you know, tapering off so that they're not left high and dry all of a sudden, but, but with the idea that this group needs to be self-supporting eventually. And so um, yeah, initially we support them. And God has blessed Moonwalk Community Bible Church with number one, a missionary spirit. We want to see the gospel spread. Number two, with some financial capability uh, to do that. So one thing I emphasized early on as a missionary in the Philippines was we want to see self-supporting works. We don't want to have a long umbilical cord coming from the U.S. and keeping these people sort of uh, somehow draining, you know, dependent on resources from here. And they've embraced that. Now, our church, Moonwalk, is a very giving church, and so we're thankful for that. All right, our time's about gone. Let me, in the few minutes that remain, just leave these requests with you. I pray for fruit from these ministries, especially preparing men to serve as pastors. Uh, this is a great need here as well as there.
Pray for a blessing on these church planning works. You saw General Santo City, not yet a church. You saw Bagumbung is now a church. Pray they would grow numerically and spiritually. Thanksgiving for these young couples. Well, you saw Kaila and Simon, another couple had just gotten married earlier this year. I didn't get back for their wedding. Uh, again, young people I've known since they were infants. And now they're married, Christians serving the Lord. Uh, Thanksgiving for the, this, the conversion of the second generation, this girl Yell. Uh, pray that more of them would be saved. Uh, for example, Pastor Roley has three kids. One of his daughters is converted and the other two are not yet. They're married, have kids, but not yet converted. They attend. They're, on, they're almost every Sunday. Pray that God would break through. And thanks for our family, and pray for little Sammy and Katie, that in God's time they would follow uh, in trusting the Savior. All right, so maybe a couple of men. Pastor Sarval, I'll let you call on that, or Pastor Hill. I guess Pastor Hill were somebody, yeah. To ask men to pray or 